Hey everyone, David Kern here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode of The Daily Poem is sponsored by an exciting new book from the Circe Press. It's called Legends of the Round Table. If you love Arthuriana, you know how hard it can be to find accessible, child-friendly collections of your favorite tales. A few years ago, Circe set out to make just such a collection so you don't have to. They took the most loved tales in the most beautiful language, and added discussion questions to enable read-alouds or personal contemplation. Grab your copy of this beautiful collection of Arthurian tales for all ages to bring chivalry, valor, and feasting into your home this summer. Learn more about it on their website, circeinstitute.org books, or by clicking the link in the show notes. And with that, here's today's episode. Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm David Kern, and today is Monday, June 12th, 2023. Today's poem is by William Butler Yeats, W.B. Yeats, who was born on June 13th, 1865, and died in January of 1939. So his birthday is, uh, is tomorrow. He was an Irish writer. Um, he wrote poetry, drama, wrote about politics, uh, wrote about literature, and is one of the most important uh, literary figures of the 20th century. Yeats had a, a long and influential career that was capped, I suppose, by his res, uh, receiving the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1923. So certainly one of the most notable and important figures um, of, the, of the last 150 years or so in, in literature. Very influential, and you'll recognize many of his poems. And the poem that I'm going to read today, some of you may know, but for many of you it also might be, might be a new one. Um, which I like to find for a poem, a poet as notable as Yeats. I like to try to occasionally find some that not everybody has, has studied in school. Uh, so this is Adam's Curse by William Butler Yeats. I'll read it once, offer some brief comments, and then read it again. We sat together at one summer's end, that beautiful mild woman, your close friend, and you and I, and talked of poetry. I said, a line will take us hours, maybe. Yet if it does not seem a moment's thought, our stitching and unstitching has been not. Better go down upon your marrow bones and scrub a kitchen pavement or break stones like an old pauper in all kinds of weather. For to articulate the sweet sounds together is to work harder than all these, and yet be thought an idler by the noisy set of bankers, schoolmasters, and clergymen the martyrs call the world. And thereupon, that beautiful, mild woman, for whose sake there is many a one shall find out all heartache on finding that her voice is sweet and low, replied, To be born woman is to know, although they do not talk of it at school, that we must labor to be beautiful. I said, It's certain there is no fine thing since Adam's fall but needs much laboring. There have been lovers who thought love should be so much compounded of high courtesy that they would sigh and quote with learned looks precedence out of beautiful old books. Yet now it seems an idle trade enough. We sat grown quiet at the name of love. We saw the last embers of daylight die, and in the trembling blue-green of the sky a moon, worn as if it had been a shell, washed by time's waters as they rose and fell about the stars and broke in days and years. I had a thought for no one's but your ears, that you were beautiful and that I strove to love you in the old highway of love, that it had all seemed happy 
And yet we'd grown as weary-hearted as that hollow moon. As with any Beate's poem, this is a poem that is about multiple things. But it is certainly contemplating uh, the challenge of creating, creating art, of creating something beautiful, of creating something lasting. And it seems to be a bit of an apology, a defense of that hard work. There's that line, of course, where he says, yeah, people will, people think me, um, think of me as an idler, think of poets as idlers. And yet we do the difficult mental work of stitching lines and unstitching lines and trying to make something beautiful. So it's interesting that this poem is composed of three stanzas of heroic couplets, which is a, which is a traditional form of English poetry that is, uh, you know, you find it commonly in, um, say, Chaucer in, in the Canterbury Tales. And, uh, you know, John Dryden and Alexander Pope used the form as well. So here Yeats is borrowing the, the heroic couplet, this, this important English form that was used by Chaucer and, and these great other poets. And he's applying it here to this contemplation of, the, of poetry making. He even takes this first stanza this, uh, when, and essentially makes it into what seems to be a bit of, a, of a, um, an imitation of a sonnet. I don't know if it's, I haven't counted exactly, but it seems to be at least close to a sonnet, these first 14 lines. So there's a lot of meta commentary, a lot of meta contemplation going on here in this poem. But the poem in the second half is also a little bit uh, self-effacing, a little bit self-mocking, I think. We get the part about how lovers thought love should be, you know, compounded of such high courtesy that they would sigh and quote with learned looks, precedence out of old beautiful books, yet now it seems an idle trade enough. And then it says, we sat grown quiet at the name of love. And I find this fascinating because he's talking about the idea of poetry expressing great ideas in beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, forms. But then here, at the notion of love, they sit quiet, contemplative. They watch the, the night. Uh, they watch the sunset and the moon rise. And then in that final stanza, he says, I had a thought for no one's but your ears, that you were beautiful, that I strove to love you in the old highway of love. He sees that she's beautiful. And he says that he wants her ears to hear his poetry, that old highway of love, right? He wants his ears, her, her ears, sorry, to, to respond to what he's writing, to think it's good. And in the end, as you would expect with a Yeats poem, things are not what they seem. And I'll conclude these thoughts by reading um, a paragraph from an essay called Adam's Curse, William Butler Yeats on Original Sin from Crisis Magazine back in 2018. This is by Patrick B. Whalen. This is what he says while contemplating this poem. Quote, part of the human tragedy is our capacity to imagine the perfect and to desire it. But one glimpse of the moon reminds Yeats of how incapable we are of fulfilling our imaginings and desires. If time can only come to us in truncated and halting bits, if the moon as we see it is subject to constant revision, what hope is there for a perfectly achieved human love? And having once imagined a perfect love, 
can we settle for anything less? End quote. And with that, I will read Adam's curse one more time. We sat together at one summer's end, that beautiful, mild woman, your close friend, and you and I, and talked of poetry. I said, a line will take us hours, maybe, yet if it does not seem a moment's thought, our stitching and unstitching has been not. Better go down upon your marrow bones and scrub a kitchen pavement or break stones like an old pauper in all kinds of weather. For to articulate sweet sounds together is to work harder than all these, and yet be thought an idler by the noisy set of bankers, schoolmasters, and clergymen the martyrs call the world. And thereupon that beautiful mild woman for whose sake there's many a one shall find out all heartache on finding that her voice is sweet and low, replied, to be born woman is to know, although they do not talk of it at school, that we must labor to be beautiful. I said, it's certain there is no fine thing since Adam's fall that needs much laboring. There have been lovers who thought love should be so much compounded of high courtesy that they would sigh and quote with learned looks precedence out of beautiful old books. Yet now it seems an idle trade enough. We sat grown quiet at the name of love. We saw the last embers of daylight die, and in the trembling blue-green of the sky, a moon, worn as if it had been a shell washed by time's waters, as they rose and fell about the stars and broke in days and years. I had a thought for no one's but your ears, that you were beautiful, and that I strove to love you in the old highway of love that it had all seemed happy, and yet we'd grown as weary-hearted as that hollow moon. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com or click the link in the show notes. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, especially our audio engineer, Logan Green, I'm David Kern. Until next time, happy reading.